the one thing that scared the crap out of me into actually losing weight when I was like, this was like five years ago now, because I was way heavier than I was now. I watched. Wow, congratulations. Food, thank you. I watched Food Inc. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. I have seen so Food good. Have you seen oh, what they yeah. do to those chickens? Oh, yeah. Disgusting. Yes. Yeah. And like, yeah. I stopped eating chicken for half a year because yeah. of that documentary. Yeah. So on my way here to the office to record this podcast, I put on one shining moment. Now, I don't know which version's better. As your walk-around music? No, it's like my driving music. Love I was it. like, you know what? Love I'm going to put some sports anthems on to make me feel more spring-like because the groundhog told me that spring was on its way. So I put on one shining moment. I don't know which version's better because there's like multiple versions out there. The Luther Vandross one is the one I had on there. So I'm going to just say that right away that that's the better version. It's, it's debatable. This is episode number 17 of Glass City Game Time. Thank you all for listening. This is still one of America's great sports podcasts brought to you by The Blade. My name is Corey Chris, and thanks so much for joining us. We always appreciate it, whether you're coming off of listening to some new music, old music, or maybe some springy sports anthems. That come across your feed. Or previous episodes of Glass City Game Time. Or previous episodes of Glass City Game Time, which will tell you how to get to those momentarily. Joining me, you already heard him, is technical producer Phil Kaplan. Hi, Phil. Hi. You can get this anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and so on. And then joining us as well is Blade Sports writer, and you know him as the man on the beat for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Kyle Rowland. Kyle, welcome back. Greetings. Happy to be here. Greetings. Fresh off a TV appearance as well. <laughs> he came out looking svelte, and then he's like, ah, I got the jeans and the jacket on. I look well today. Big multimedia day for you, Kyle. Oh, yeah. He's Blade, all over it. Blade briefing. I mean, just... Uh, just turning down i had to turn down you know multiple other people in town and <laughs> to, to be was, here yeah, he chose yeah. us yeah, I, yeah oh yeah he chose his own employer i know yeah. where my bread is buttered <laughs> so today as as you might have guessed we're talking ohio state or else um we might have somebody else other than kyle here to talk other things but ohio state men's basketball is going to be today's focus as ohio state has crept back into the top 25 rankings and wow. they are now 17 and 8 Seven and seven in the Big Ten, and entering the season, Kyle. If you looked at through fourteen games, that Ohio State would be five hundred within the conference. Someone might think, "Well, what the heck happened?" Well, Ohio State was on a six of seven loss streak up until January twenty sixth, and from January twenty sixth up until now, they've won five of the last six. Like I said, getting back into that top twenty five. So, Kyle, a lot has gone on. You know, just the slump they hit once again in January. DJ Carton leaving the program, which we'll get into in a second here. But again, winning five of six, what has fueled this turnaround? And who are some of the players or player that we could really look for that's really driven this thing? Uh, there have definitely been multiple things that have kind of spurred it. Uh, number one is a little bit of a favorable schedule. You always got to have that, I think, to, to win some games. Uh, they've protected home court finally, which was a major issue in January. Um, just things are, are starting to click more for this team. I mean, the, the spell they went through in January was pretty unbelievable. When you think they were 11-1, and one, going to ascend to number one in the country, and then lose, and then to bottom, just 
completely fell out of mm-hmm. it. I mean, they look like a team that could possibly miss the NCAA tournament, which would have been insane. Now they're pretty safe. I don't really think one player in particular has been the impetus for, for what's gone on here. Um, I mean, it's been kind of a team effort, which is the modus operandi of this team. I think that's why they were so good earlier in the season. I mean, Caleb Wesson, yes, he's probably their best overall player. Uh, but when this team plays well, it's because they have three or four guys, whether it's Luther Muhammad, Kyle Young. Uh, it was DJ Carton earlier in the year, obviously not now. They've just kind of have a, an all hands on deck type of team. And, and that's what it takes them to win and, and play well, which is why I probably don't think they'll go very far in the NCAA tournament. Um, but they're still pretty capable of being, you know, a top 16, top 10 team in the country. And Ohio State did this last year. They hit this big swoon in January. It ended up being too little too late for them to kind of get the cart back on the tracks and then prep themselves to make that run and not only in the Big Ten tournament, but also into the NCAA tournament. Now, you mentioned the schedule. It was a little bit lighter in going into this weekend when you have Iowa on Thursday, number 20 in the country, number 7 Maryland creeping up right after on Sunday, and then Michigan and Michigan State still on that schedule. So they're hitting a really tough home stretch here to close out the regular season. Yeah, I would be willing to bet my life savings that they will lose to Iowa on Thursday. Um, Ohio State just struggles so bad at Iowa. It seems like their entire existence this year's team just isn't great on the road, which basically no team in the Big Ten is great on the road. Always always a good bet to pick the home team. Uh, I think that Maryland game is going to decide where they finish. If if they win that game, I think they'll go 11-9 and nine in the Big Ten. If they lose, I think they'll go 10-10. and 10. It's a huge game for – confidence for seeding in the Big Ten tournament, you know, potential seeding in the NCAA tournament. The Michigan game is in Columbus, so I would like Ohio State's chances. And then Michigan State, man, what a weird team this year. I mean, they were the overwhelming favorite to win the national title. They're not even ranked now. Cassius Winston has never really been able to get it going. I know he's dealt with some personal things with his brother's death. It's just, it's been a weird weird deal for them so who knows at Michigan State how they'll perform but yeah I I think this is a big week for for Ohio State you don't want to go 0-2 you never want to go a week without winning a game and you just got to protect home court in the Big Ten so you got to win Sunday against Maryland you mentioned that you're not guaranteeing it but you're saying it's pretty foregone that Ohio State's going to lose at Iowa is that and and then (laughs) they could turn around to beat Maryland is that Mm -hmm. just a home court issue or is that just kind of how the Big Ten's worked out this year. A little bit of both. I mean, I've never seen, and I'll do it at the end of the year, I've never seen home teams win at the percentage they're winning this year in the Big Ten. I mean, it's always, you know, home teams are always better than than the road team. They win more games, whatever. It feels like it's like 85% of the games the home teams win. Um, I, I think there were 12 games before a a road team won this year, Phil. Do you think, do you accredit that to overall competency of play or overall incompetency of play? I mean, do you, do you think there's parity in a strong way or parity in a weak way? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's been an argument amongst big 10 writers, fans, whatever. I think it's mediocre. I mean, I don't think there's any great team. I think, a lot of them will get bounced early in the NCAA tournament. I mean, in the 2010s, 
when Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana were all rolling. I mean, they were like four of the top ten teams in the country. And the Big Ten still had a bunch of tournament teams. This year, they're going to have ten teams because it's just a bunch of mediocrity. They're all beating each other up. They're all going to be between 13 and 7 and 8 and 12 or whatever. I mean, just – I my eyeballs, I feel like, don't lie to me. The style of play is ugly. The games aren't too compelling. There's not any, like, super great talented players. I don't know. I just – I don't think it's a, a great league in terms of quality. Unless Michigan State makes that run to the tournament and Cassius Winston's kind of back in his groove. You never know. And Michigan State's one of those now 10 teams – projected uh, at least in latest bracketology stuff to make the NCAA tournament we talked about this turnaround that Ohio State's kind of gone through another mid-season or late season renaissance are they back or at least close to being that team that surged so quickly earlier in the year what kind of work do they still have to do to that because on my end at least it looks like they're working towards it but some fans might say well okay they're back they can immediately flip that switch what say you I definitely don't think they're back I mean, I think they've corrected things and, you know, righted the ship, whatever, and they're they're fine. They're, there's no more panic. They're, they have confidence. There's not major issues on the team. But, I mean, I don't think they're the level of a team that can beat Villanova like they did earlier this year. I don't think they'd beat Kentucky if they played them right now. Mm. I don't know. It remains to be seen, I think. At this moment, no, I don't think so. Could they get to that by the end of the year? I think so. I mean, they have they play enough good teams down the stretch that, I mean, if they win all those games, it's like, whoa, you know, this is a team that maybe can be a dark horse Final Four contender. But I still think it's going to take a while to get there. And I don't know if they can get there without DJ Carton because he was a big part of what they did earlier this year. That's the next point I wanted to bring up was DJ Carton who left the program three weeks ago, citing mental health. Is there any update on him? Have we heard anything regarding a potential return? What's the latest on him? Yeah, no update. I think eventually you have to get a a final update. He's from Iowa and is expected to be at that game Thursday. So that could possibly be the time where like you get some sort of thing. He apparently can take classes and still remain eligible like while he's at home. That was one of the big questions. I would be surprised if he came back at this point. I mean, he's just been gone for so long, too. I mean, I'm sure he's not in the greatest of shape now. It just doesn't take very long for these guys to, to get out of shape because they're in such peak form. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But, I mean, no one has truly been able to fill his shoes. I mean, he's the most athletic player on their team. He's kind of the most dynamic or, or can be the most dynamic one of the big things that's happened with his absence is Justin Arms has played more. They don't play the same style. They're not even the same position, really. But he's a three-point shooter. He's got a great shot. I think he should play more, quite honestly. But he struggles a little on defense, which no coach likes, and Holtman especially is big on defense. But, I mean, he shoots the three at a very high percentage and in the college game now and just basketball in general. That's such a weapon. You look at how the game's transformed, and you need a guy that can – run fast up both ways and spot shoot and pull up when they need to. And Carton was that guy, but you mentioned Arns, and I'm glad you did because I look at Ohio State's depth and how important depth is once you get in a tournament play. Are there any guys behind that? You know, you look at the guys that are filling Carton's shoes, you mentioned Arns, but are there guys behind him that are sort of sliding in and being those depth guys? Well, I mean, one guy who, another freshman, E.J. Liddell, He's a type of guy I could see making a huge impact in March. I mean, he's been pretty solid this year. 
maybe not as good as people expected because some thought he could be the Big Ten freshman of the year, and, and that's not going to happen. But I don't know. I could just see him rising up and being one of those type of, of young players who, I don't know, makes a name for himself in, in the NCAA tournament. And I don't know. You just need those role players or younger guys that maybe not a lot of people know step up in the tournament. You can't just rely mm-hmm. on the guys that – you know, got you there or, or you look to in critical moments. It, it takes more than that. So, yeah, I, I think Liddell's a guy who's... There's, there's always that one player every year when, especially a team that makes a deep run in the tournament, like with Villanova, like a Dante DiVincenzo. He wasn't a household item or a, or a Kyle guy in Virginia. They weren't household guys, pun intended, to everybody's like, well, he's going to be a bona fide NBA player. We have to watch him. But there are players that just slide in under the radar every year that put up a big game in the tournament or make the big stop or make the big play. And in Ohio State certainly has the star power, like a Caleb Wesson and even an Andre Wesson. But looking at Liddell, and maybe Carton could have been that guy, but looking at Liddell or even Arns could be that for Ohio State. Kyle Young's another guy who is just such an effort guy. No one's going to out-effort him. And he's stepped up in some pretty big spots this year, including uh, the Purdue game last week when he had a career high. As far as bracketology is concerned, in the latest, at least, I look at two, and Ohio State's pretty much projected in every NCAA tournament bracketologist field as of today. The two I I really look at, ESPN's Joe Lenardi and CBS Sports' Jerry Palm, they do this literally for a living. Imagine getting paid to (laughs) project this kind of thing and just say, you know what? We're going to put Robert Morris in the 16th seed. I'll give a nickel to anybody in this room who tells me where Robert Morris is located. Moon Township, Pennsylvania. More specifically, Kyle gets the shiniest nickel. Moon Township, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. I'm getting, I'm slowly getting Phil indoctrinated in Western PA culture. (laughs) Robert Morris, Point Park, Duquesne, Pitt. You got the big four down there. LaRoche is down there. You got to get used to it. Anyway. Bracketologist, by the way, Lenardi does have Robert Morris as a 16 seed. That's why I bring that up. Ohio State currently projected as a six seed in both Lenardi and Jerry Palm's brackets on ESPN and CBS Sports, respectively. And last week, Ohio State was considered an eight seed, obviously have moved up since. So I guess we can amend the do we care question this week and ask, does this matter in any sort of way with projections? Or is it kind of like... That game of, okay, it's nice to see that they're still picked to make it, but a run in a Big Ten tournament could lighten up the projections a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it matters at this point. I think it's all fun to speculate and and look at. I mean, we all love speculation. It will matter. I think kind of like the last week of the regular season is when this stuff starts to to matter and you – teams understand what they have to do to improve their seed or make the tournament or whatever. So it's still a couple more weeks, but – I don't know. I, I Every other day, I, I would say I seek them out just to see what their projections are. So it's always fun to see what city they think they're going to be in or who they're going to play, all that type of stuff. It's nice uh, bar talk. It's nice topics for bar talk. So I want to Or use, even podcast talk. Or even talk. podcast talk. I want to break into some podcast talk about this, though. And you teased it a little bit earlier in the show, Kyle, so we can expand upon that. And you mentioned that you didn't think Ohio State – would necessarily think they could but necessarily would make it that far in the NCAA tournament based on the the Big Ten field and based on who they've played and who they've beaten and the changes this team has undergone since that January slump once again but 
in terms of the NCAA tournament, and I'll use this projection, the bracketologist projection, as our example, where Ohio State is a sixth seed and they would face an 11th seed, and in this case it would be an Arizona State in Albany, New York. And the winner of that game would get the three-seed Seton Hall or the 14-seed Colgate. By the way, that's a pseudo-home game for Colgate. Don't sleep on Colgate this year. So the point I wanted to get to here is getting to the second week of the tournament, a.k.a. the Sweet 16, is that in any way, shape, or form a realistic possibility based on what we know, based on a lot of different factors? What is the likelihood do you buy or sell that the Buckeyes will get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament? I will sell with the ability to buy again in a couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at this point, I would say not. I think they'll get to the second round as a six seed. I mean, three seeds are pretty good. And like, I mean, in that case, in particular, Seton Hall, they have maybe the best player in the country in Miles Powell, mm-hmm. who would be a massive problem for Ohio State. Yeah. So I, I would not like that matchup, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Sweet 16 right now is Ohio State's uh, ceiling. Um, so to accomplish that, I would say that, you know, it probably won't happen. So if you look at the projected three seeds, Seton Hall, West Virginia, which already personally beat. speaking, no thanks. I would not want to face West Virginia. They already beat Ohio State. Yeah. So, yeah. And I would not want to face West Virginia and Bob Huggins in a, in a situation of the NCAA tournament. Louisville as a three. And one of the intriguing to me – seeds in this bracketology from Lunardi is Penn State as a three. So I don't think they would get a rematch with Penn State in the first round of the tournament or for the fact of that matter, the second round. But I just think that's very intriguing. And if you look at Michigan, could they make it to the Sweet 16? They're listed as a seven seed. They could be a team that faces Penn State. So it's a, it's a convoluted situation. But when you look at Ohio State, even more so. I'm actually already on the record with David Briggs of saying Penn State will go to the Final Four. So I am a huge uh, believer in the Nittany Lions. Okay, let's let's get into that then. <laughs> Why? Uh, I mean, some of it based in true reasoning and others just because weird teams go to the Final Four. It's unpredictable. But, I mean, they've got really good players. I think they're a great team. They've got experience. And they just remind me, not – in style at all, but they just remind me of Texas tech. Like this team that had a great regular season, but still kind of flew under the radar. People don't really take serious like, Oh, Texas tech's not going to do anything in basketball or Penn state's not going to. So I'm picking them to go to the final four. So remember that in March, despite just losing to Illinois at home, you're going to roll. You're going to still roll with it. Hey, you can't win them all, man. Uh, look, <laughs> hey, it's a no risk thing. You can you can roll with it until it stops rolling. <laughs> By the way, Penn State rest of the season at Indiana versus Rutgers, who's been a pleasant team in the Big Ten. I guess I could say at home, but this one's in Penn State. Penn State at Iowa on February 29th. Then they host Michigan State, and then at Northwestern. So they still have a a, a decent sized road to go there, but. I love to, I love talking bracketology. Just like the whole thought of like I could say Ohio State's going to be a, a one seed, and like I know I'm wrong, but it's okay to be wrong in these. It's it's fun. Like I, I like doing the fake brackets too. Like Ohio State in particular, you talked about like their ceiling. They they went out the Big Ten tournament. They're going to be a three seed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They finished like fourth in the Big Ten tournament, right in the 
quarterfinals or whatever. Yeah. They could still they could be as low as like a ten. Yeah, the teams <laughs> like kind you know, of they, in the middle of the Big Ten right now could be like a really high seed still. Or yeah. Low, it's just so it depends how the rest of their season plays. And there's out, gonna right? be a massive recency bias. Yeah, yeah there'll be, be like someone who's looking hot. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be someone right now that no one's thinking of that's gonna be a pretty high seed in the tournament, I bet. For the sake of discussion Currently listed in Lenardi's bracketology is 10 Big Ten teams. So if you look all up and down the line, there is a Big Ten school. And also, for what it's worth, Bowling Green's still a 15 seed, facing Dayton, a 2 seed. Thankfully, in Cleveland, if that was to be the case, because, God forbid, they would take two Ohio teams that are still close to each other and put them in, pick a state, Montana. I, I never understood how some tournament organizers just figured out, like, well, let's put... Pitt in West Virginia. Let's put it in Coral Gables, Florida. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's cool. I get to go there, but why? It doesn't make sense. And you see it in high schools, too, for that matter. Like, two teams that are, like, five miles apart, and they put it, like, in the local college half an hour away and make everybody <laughs> make everybody haul ass down to the, to the school they have to go to every year to play the obligatory game. But bracketology is fun. I like the tournaments online that people hold. Like, what's the bracketology for fast food and you have like the one seed is mcdonald's and the two seed is wendy's which wouldn't be my picks for that but. yeah those are fun those are those are pretty fun and they'll do it and then they do it with like pop culture yeah like tv shows movies whatever i'm sorry i can't stop thinking about what kyle kyle said it's gonna be some team that you're nobody's talking about right now and i just keep envisioning the wisconsin hoisting the, the big 10 because it's always with nobody wants to pick wisconsin <laughs> It always happens. Jay, if you're listening. Yeah, I was going to say, pesky, Jay, Jay would totally pesky, disagree with a that. A pesky Badgers team has won the Big Ten tournament. I can already hear it. If, Jay, if Jay's Twitter feed is is any, is true, then he is uh, very down on the Badgers. Blade, Blade, Blade writer Jay Skaba, of course. Um, and proud Wisconsin Badger alum. His uh, license plate. Like, I see the on, on Wisco yeah. every time I pull in. And I think he has the same car as I do, so it's kind of fun to park next to him sometimes just to see if it trips him up. Because <laughs> I have a Sy- big, big orange Syracuse sticker on my car, and I hope he picks the wrong one at once and is like, darn it, got me again. Uh, I want to put – I want a license plate that just says, like, big orange, like something. I just want something that I can rival Jay at every time I pull into the parking lot and then just try to one-up him on parking spots every time. I saw the funniest personalized license plate the other day. It it said Tim Ware, T I M space W A R E, and I was like, Is like that his this guy's full, name? full name. And so I pulled up <laughs> alongside of him, and I was like, Tim Ware. And he looked over at me and was just like, "What's up?" I was like, ah, "It's Tim Ware." <laughs> that is bizarre. <laughs> just going around there with your full uh, name on it. He had to have done that as like a joke, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Like, I mean, when I said his name, like, he wasn't that surprised about uh, it. Did he like look over? Like, yeah, that's me. It was just uh, kind of a. It was just kind of a. You know that that casual like nod and understanding. Like I'm still going about my business. You. We need to do a phone book oop, search oop, and track this guy car. down. You oop, made his day. I couldn't put my name on a public domain like that. Like, God forbid putting my name on social media, but putting it on my license plate. It's like your social security number as your email, <laughs> as your email handle. Uh, what's your uh, What's your debit card last four numbers? Uh, yeah, it's the same as my social. Yeah, no. By the way, mine is not, so don't try it, people. Ron Harper Jr. plays for Rutgers, huh? Mm-hmm. Look, I was in Walmart today. Two things peeved me 
big time. <laughs> just about people in public. Number one is how people can't wear real pants in public. Yeah. Like they wear like the flower print like sweat Real pants, pants in public. Real like, pants in public. Look, if you're going to border that at all, yeah. wear sweatpants, like yeah. gray sweatpants or black sweatpants. You know, society is, is languishing on a precipice when you have to argue to, Twitter, up man. to sweatpants. I don't need... Like, like, give me sweatpants. I don't need Zubas in public. Like, wear a plain colored... Like, if you want to be comfortable, great. I'm a big sweatpants fan. Wear them. Be comfortable. But, like... Look decent. Not don't even wear, like, athleisure. The, He's I don't, just saying just your clean sweatpants. Yeah, I don't, a cleaner pair. And I don't need, like, the zigzag print with, like, the baby blue and the hot pink. That's a strong the, statement, though. Sometimes that's green. an identity statement. You look it's, like Joseph in the Technicolor pants. Yeah. I just, I just don't need it. The number one thing, though, the worst thing about people in Walmart is people who are fully capable of walking. Oh, they get in the That motorized. use the damn motorized oh, yeah. cars. That drives me nuts. I want to say something. Every time I see somebody do this, and it's like, wow, when did you have both of your legs run over? Are you okay? <laughs> like, walk. I see fully athletic 20-year-olds, 20-some-year-olds in the you, carts. I'm like, there's a person in this store that needs that cart. You're going to be – have you seen The Big Lebowski? Yes. When he goes and he tests him. I've seen a lot of spinals in my time, dude. And he goes and picks that, the big Lebowski up off the chair, and he just – that's going to be you in Walmart. The, one the, first, the first time I ever it. saw the big Lebowski and when he smashes the car yeah, <laughs> was maybe the funniest I've ever laughed in my entire life. I mean it, though. It's like I saw somebody today. I was, I was out grocery shopping because I do some of my shopping at Walmart, and there was a child in – like a child – in the motorized cart and the parents walking, I'm like, now, that's just my my parents personally. I could that's be fun. Just, that's I, just a, it's a big it's a big toy. But I could just be raised different toy. to say walk. Yeah. You're fully I, capable. Listen, just I know I know that I was raised different because I'm arguing that you should wear clean sweatpants <laughs> and walk should your legs be capable of walking. Yeah. I know I'm an outlier here. Kyle, any final thoughts before we get you out of here? Um. Before the season started, Scott had me do a bold predictions thing. Yeah. Uh, I picked Harvard to go to the Final Four in that. You're looking strong? It, it's not, I don't think. I think Yale is going to be the uh, the Ivy League team that the, went to the Final Four. The smartest so, of the smart. But I've been, I've been kind of tracking that all year. If they make the tournament, I'm picking it. I got to, right? Can't back you do. down. You I do. Mean, you do. Uh, Harvard has a bout against Princeton on Friday. So that's a game for you to watch. They just beat Columbia. Harvard is sixteen and seven right now. It's not bad. No, it's not. It's not, you know, Duke or mm. anything. But mm. they're holding their own in the Ivy League. I want to see what the Ivy League standings are like, because I want to see what the seedings are like, and if they do cross paths with Yale, in which case, right now Yale is eighteen and six and eight, or excuse me, six and two in the conference. Harvard's one game back of that. All right, here we go. So, so your prediction's not dead yet. No. I have a question for you. Over under in the Sweet Sixteen, there will be uh, four Big Ten teams. I would say under. I feel like they're all going to be cast aside by the by the end of the first. Yeah, there, there. It's it's going to be like one way or the other. There's either going to be like seven of the ten <laughs> win their first round game and then half of them are in the sweet 16 or they all just flounder 
I, like, I don't think there'll be, like, any in-between. I could see it being like, just, like, Penn State and Maryland. Yeah. Or Penn State and Michigan State. Could Bowling Green... Michigan doesn't seem to have the... They're not going ...the anywhere. momentum that, like think, they had yeah, last year. Yeah. Could Bowling Green be that Cinderella team this year? That double-digit seed that just, like, mows down two powerhouses? I will pull, like, crazy for, for oh, yeah, Bowling for Green. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, I hope... Elite Eight. I mean, I hope BG... I, I doubt Toledo will make it, but one of them... I mean, I hope... I mean, it's been so long. It's... 1980. Like... BG How do you not? I know. How do you not stumble in mm-hmm. to the NCAA tournament? It wasn't even the tournament as we know it. Yeah, today. there were like forty-eight teams or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But by the way, in, in in ESPN's latest bracketology, BG a fifteen seed against Dayton a two seed, and on the other side of that is Michigan and Northern Iowa the seven ten game. So Bowling Green, if they somehow skate by Dayton based on this, would be on a clash potentially with Michigan in Cleveland, and that would be. That would be fun. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it would be fun. Dayton BG would be cool. Other than BG probably would have no chance of winning. I like if BG makes that, I hope they're like a thirteen seed, so they have like a decent But that's kind to... of the that's kind of the thing why these conference tournaments are so important. I mean BG a conference like the Mac, you have to basically win to get in. Yeah, yeah. But if you're Ohio State, you're listed as a six right now and you're perceived as a six to play against an eleven, if you could eke up to a three to play a 14, no, yeah. I'd, I'd take a 14 over an 11 to play against any yeah, day of the week. For sure. Especially like a Hofstra or a UC Irvine or Colgate. Although Colgate, I'm telling you, they there's something about them. So you'll stick with Harvard. You stick with Colgate. Yeah. All right. I'll take my Colgate as my surprise entrant into the tournament. <laughs> or into the uh, Final Four. The next... I think George Mason is the one that other people understand as the Cinderella, like the yeah. never should have been there in the first place team, but yet here they are. Currently, uh, Colgate, by the way, twenty and seven and first in the Patriot League. Oh, so wow. my my late season fly in is working out very well for me. It's like picking an XFL favorite team. I'm still I still haven't declared yet. Have you declared yet, Kyle? I have not watched a second <laughs> of the XFL. Well, you're a DC United just, fan because of Cardale. Yeah, I just Cardale Jones. I don't know. I I can't get into it just because I know it's meaningless. He was about not to, change, to. He was about to change his name to Truckdale. No, <laughs> not to, Vandale. Not Vandale to, sounds cooler. Vandale does sound cooler. Not to speak ill of the XFL. But oh just, god, the, just, the hallowed ground. It's, of just, the XFL. it's just hard to take serious when you know it's like minor league garbage. I hope Vince McMahon just heard your opinion <laughs> and he just cries his way to the bank when oh. when he just heard that. I have not declared my allegiance to an XFL team in stone, but I penciled in the St. Louis Battlehawks as my team, my go-to, but that is subject to change depending on who wins the XFL championship <laughs> this year. <laughs> Phil, have you declared your allegiance? Yeah, I'm a D.C. United guy. D.C. Defenders. Yeah, yeah. Well, D.C. DC and Toledo have a lot in common, so it's, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a natural bridge. I won't ask why, because I feel like we all know the answer to that. Well, one thing in particular is that uh, Washington, D.C. and our own Perrysburg are the only two cities in America with uh, 90 degree north, uh, north, south, east, west boundaries. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Perfect squares. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. More you know. Big yeah. star. I did know that. That's a good, it's a good piece of trivia. I did not know only two in America that have perfect... Yep. Washington, D.C. and Perrysburg. The four corners of Perrysburg. I'll have to investigate now. This is a special Blade investigation. <laughs> Kyle, thanks for the time and the expertise. We always appreciate it. 
Phil, you can thank just thank you. me for the time. Phil, thank you for the time and for the wisdom and for making us sound great as always. You're welcome. Those of you listening, thank you for listening. And if you haven't checked out previous episodes yet, why? Why not? Check us out on ToledoBlade.com, on Blade News Slide, anywhere you can find podcasts as well. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Just search Glass City Game Time and you will find us. And please, we really appreciate it always if you remember to subscribe and give us a good rating if you enjoyed the show. So, for Kyle Rowland, for Phil Kaplan, my name is Corey Christen. We'll talk to you next week.